May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you this morning to uh, the closing arguments in our message series, Evidence That God Exists, and I want to say thank you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, for volunteering to be a part of this morning. I appreciate you. Um, uh, You know, for... Anyone who believes in Christ, you know, anytime we become a Christ, for people that become a Christ follower, we have to go from a point from where we don't believe in God to a place where we do believe in God. But in order to do that, we have to cross this gap. And this is a gap of non-information or maybe it's misinformation, but regardless In order to believe in Christ, we have to cross this gap. And in this series, what we're doing is presenting various kinds of evidence so that this gap doesn't become, it goes from being a giant leap of faith to becoming merely a step of faith. And the Bible says that healing evidence, which we're talking about today, has provided more compelling evidence And brought more people to faith in Christ than any other single piece of evidence. You know, when I was in college, um, that was when I first began to read whole books of the Bible. Instead of like, you know, just a verse here and a verse there. And as I began to read whole books of the Bible, I'll be honest with you, I was amazed at how many times God healed people. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a lot. You know, and as I was thinking about that, um, I had always thought that the reason that God healed people was because, you know, well, I mean, you know, they needed healing. But I discovered that there's another big reason why God heals people. And the other reason why God heals people is so that other people around can come to the realization that God is real. Because when someone is miraculously healed, that provides clear and compelling evidence that God exists. I want you to look at some examples from the Bible. Go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Look at some examples in the Bible of how God uses healing evidence to help other people believe that he exists. Look what it says Um, In Acts 9, beginning of verse 32, it says, As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. I want you to underline all the rest of this. All those who believed in Lydda and Sharon, that was the next town over, saw him and turned to the Lord. I mean, literally, all the people in two entire towns became Christ followers. I mean, now they didn't all see the healing, but they could see the man who was once paralyzed, you know, just standing right there. How can you argue with that? Look what it says as the chapter continues. 
Verse 36, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. You know, I'd go by Tabitha too. I really would. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa. And underline the rest of this. And many people believed in the Lord. Acts 14.3. So Paul and Barnabas stayed in Iconium a long time, and they spoke bravely for the Lord. They told the people about God's grace. Underline this next phrase. The Lord proved what they said was true. The Lord proved what they said was true by causing miraculous signs and wonders to be done through them. You know, the truth is, you know, it makes sense that, you know, healing evidence is so effective. You know, because if there's anything that can make us feel helpless, it's facing a medical condition that cannot be fixed. You know, and despite modern medicine, all the advances, I mean, there are still situations that just simply cannot be cured. You know, and if someone was facing a hopeless medical situation, and then people prayed that God would heal that person, and then it happens, that provides compelling evidence that God is real. Now, I mean, you might be tempted, you know, to call it luck or, you know, oh, well, you know, that's just the, you know, healing properties of the body. But look, here's the deal. If it happens exactly as people prayed, like right and right after they prayed, and it happens multiple times, well, that's hard to deny. I mean, healing evidence was compelling enough for two entire towns of people in the Bible to believe that God exists. Because healing, healing evidence has no other explanation other than God. And I want you to hear some stories of people in our church that have had God do something miraculous for them. So I offer to you first Exhibit A. Exhibit A is Tony Gambone. And I have his baptism certificate here with me this morning. Let's go ahead and roll this video. Listen to this. Hi, my name is Tony Gambone. And uh, I've been coming to the park uh, for three years. The question has come up, does, does God exist? And I wanted to share my story with you to show you the evidence that I believe that God exists. Um, when I was 19 years old, uh, at the time I was living where I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Now for those of you that don't know what Crohn's disease is, it's an incurable bowel disease. I've had it for almost 38 years. 
There's no cause or cure for it. Uh, basically, all they can do is just keep cutting out what's inside that's diseased and uh, until you run out of stuff to cut out. Uh, I had my first surgery at the age of 24, and I was okay. It went into remission for about 11 years. Um, I had passed the point of 25, which I never thought I was supposed to live past. Uh, at the age of 35, I uh, had another bout with it. Uh, I had surgery and uh, they took out my rectum and the rest of my large bowel and more of my small bowel. And they gave me a colostomy. I guess it was year 2008. I had um, another bout with my disease. Had a 40% chance of coming home from the hospital at that point. Um, shortly after that, I, I went through uh, giving up my remodeling business here in Katy. Um, feeling sorry for myself on the couch. And one day my wife asked me to watch a video. I guess I was at a point in my life where I needed, I needed to find something different to make my life different. And I turned on the video and, uh, well, I, little did I know that it was going to turn out to be my hero. It was Pastor Mike talking about the park. So we came to the park, actually the first day that it opened here in the building. Uh, it's a funny story, you know, uh, I used to think that, uh, that Mike had my house bugged because everything he seemed to be preaching in the sermon uh, seemed to be what was going on in my life. And I found out later in life that uh, the Holy Spirit was just touching me from all different directions. Um, I was quite sick. I uh, decided to, uh, to accept Christ in my life uh, that Easter. And uh, I, I started doing a lot of things different in my life. I started learning more about the values of, of being a Christ follower, of being a disciple. And um, I, I had the opportunity to get baptized. Uh, it took a period of time for me to shift my life and, and become a nicer person and to become more, more involved in helping others. And, and as I got further and deeper into learning to read my Bible and, and be a part of coming to church and small groups. Um, I still had my illness, but I knew that if I just kept praying and, 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 and just believing that whatever was in God's plans would be in my future. Uh, I found a doctor here in the city that would do the surgery. And uh, my wife volunteers at the church a couple Mondays out of the month. She came home one day and asked me if, uh, if well, she had spoke to Mike, and, and he asked her if the elders could pray over me before my surgery. So I went up to the church four days before my surgery. Um, Mike told a little story about me to, to the staff so that they kind of knew a little bit more about me. And I remember him praying that when they opened me up that they would just find dead disease. They would have to just scrape it out instead of cutting out more of my intestines. I went in for my surgery on a Friday. You know, I woke up the next morning at 6 a.m. Doctor comes walking in. My poor wife was sleeping in this little cot next to the bed. And he said, funny story. He says, funny thing happened when we opened you up. He said, it was like a miracle. We opened you up and uh, it was all dead disease. All we had to do was scrape it out. Well, I almost fell out of the bed. Um, uh, and I, I wanted to call Mike up and tell him that this miracle took place. It was just uh, unexplainable how that happened. 
And the only way I can explain it is it was a miracle. So I'm a believer in miracles. I'm a believer at the park. I'm a believer in Christ. I'm telling you. I mean, how, how else do you explain that? I mean, here is a man with an incurable disease that he's had for more than 30 years. And he comes to the church to be prayed for. And then when they open him up, he's cured. And they find it exactly as it was prayed for. I mean, how in the world would you possibly explain that? That is healing evidence that God exists. But I also want you to consider Exhibit B. Exhibit B is Shirley Crotty, and I have her PET scan here with me here this morning. So, let's listen to her story. Uh, My name is Valerie Gothard, and I've been attending Parkway Fellowship since uh, the very early part of 2011. This is my mother, Shirley Crotty, and we're here because we are a living testimony that God exists. My mother, in um, January of 2011, got very sick, and they found some spots on her liver that they felt were a little suspicious, so they did some testing, and um, we got the diagnosis of cancer which we were not at all prepared for or suspected. It was out of the blue. And he shared with us that the cancer had originated in the colon and that it had spread to the liver and that it had spread up into her chest cavity. He also explained to us that it was already at stage four and It could be just a matter of making her comfortable in the amount of time that she has left with us. So obviously it was a very devastating diagnosis. The very first visit with the oncologist when he described uh, where my cancer was, and I'm listening to him and I'm thinking, I've got cancer. You know, what am I going to do? And of course, Valerie was with me every minute, every doctor's appointment. And I'm, I'm sitting there listening to him, and but I'm really not, because I'm thinking, I can't have cancer. I've got all these children that, that I love dearly, and I can't, you know, I, I'm not ready to have cancer. We just started praying, and we, People of all over the country started praying, not just not just my small group at Parkway, but also, you know, just my mom's friends and her prayer groups at, at St. Bartholomew's and just people all over the country. And I don't think I've ever been that close to God. I don't think I've ever talked to Him in such a personal way. It was so personal for me because I just, it, I was not prepared to lose her. One of the scriptures that I turned to and prayed and, and prayed over quite a bit was um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, which is, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. That was the scripture that the Holy Spirit brought me to. And it it was just something I turned to every day. The effects of the chemo really started to show through. There was, you know, she started to lose her hair. She started to lose weight. She get, dropped all the way down to 95 pounds. And we were very concerned that, you know, she was just... And the, what was our fear was that what the doctor had said was coming true. Well, Valerie had tried to get me to come with her to Parkway. My husband was coming, and I was kind of reluctant, but she wanted me to come to this healing service, and I came. That was and in August. It was in August of 2011, and Pastor Adam prayed for me. And while he was praying to me, praying for me, I could feel something happening. and. I, I felt so good when I walked out of this church that I knew that God was going to take care of me. He, he does exist. He is going to take care of me. And he did. I had a scan shortly after that which showed that the cancer was 95% gone. The doctor was amazed that I was so, that I was just almost healed. I mean, 95%. He was amazed. He was, he said it doesn't happen that quick. And a couple months after that, another scan showed that I was cancer-free. I mean, stage four cancer. I mean, the doctors, they're not talking about a cure. They're talking about just making her comfortable. And then she comes to be prayed for. And she literally can feel God doing something inside her during that time. And then she goes back and the scan says she's 95% cured. And then that last 5% just a couple of months after that. I mean, look, my friends, it takes more faith to disbelieve in God at that point than it does to believe in God. Because that is healing evidence that God exists. But I also want you to consider Exhibit C. Exhibit C is Ed Farr, and I have a picture of his daughter, Erin. And so, let's take a few moments and let's hear Ed's story. Hi, my name's uh, Ed Farr. Regarding uh, questioning whether God does exist, I hope uh, the story and testimony I'm about to share will uh, provide you evidence of that. Back in uh, September of 96, my wife and I were blessed with uh, a little girl, Erin Francis Farr. Um, 11 weeks after she was born, uh, we went into the pediatrician for one of those uh, well visits, well baby visits. Uh, he noticed that uh, the left side of her abdomen was distended or uh, swollen. Uh, didn't know what it was, didn't want to alarm us, but sent us down to Texas Children's Hospital just to have it evaluated and make sure nothing was serious, nothing was wrong. The following day, we found out that uh, Aaron was uh, born with a rare cancer called neuroblastoma. Uh, we also learned that day that she was already uh, progressed to stage four 
the overriding thing we felt was helpless. Hopeless. And like we couldn't have any input on the outcome. Looking at your 11 week old baby in a hospital for six days knowing she's going to go through a high risk surgery to remove a, a nasty cancerous tumor. And knowing there's nothing you can do about it. At the time, I, I wasn't a Christ follower. I was trying to do everything myself. And I remember about two hours before the uh, surgery, I found a chapel. And I went down to that chapel. And I remember uh, hitting the knees to the ground and looking up, tears rolling down both cheeks. And just letting God know that I'd done everything here I could, that her life and what remained of it was entirely in his hands. We were blessed with a successful surgery. We uh, weren't out of the woods. Uh, we had five years of the uh, bone marrow aspirations, the CAT scans, and the ultrasounds. But after five years, uh, Aaron's completely cured. I can't tell you how grateful I was to God and how grateful I was to that team that worked on her. When we came home, I wish I could tell you I joined a church and did all the right things. We tried several. I never made a connection. And believe it or not, I quit going. Uh, about nine years later, Erin was asked and invited by a friend to go to a church here in Katy. She had gone to several. It wasn't a big deal. I said, yes, of course. But what was different this time was... Uh, when she came home. When she came home, she was beaming, she was glowing, she had a spirit. She came right up to me and said, Dad, you're not going to believe what happened. I found the church. I found the best church in the world. I've made a connection. I'm going back. I'm committed. You've got to check this out. So the next Sunday, um, I attended the park for the first time. Uh, in typical far fashion, stubborn, uh, it took me about a year before I uh, asked God to save me. Um, Aaron, her brother, and I were all three baptized. And uh, it has changed our life dramatically. We invited my brother to the baptism, and uh, he wasn't a Christ follower never been to church, never been baptized, but he saw the change that was occurring in my family. And he was, uh, he was, he was truly moved by it. And um, he was, he's been moved to the point that he attended the last 101 class. And during the new uh, Believer's Prayer, he was one of the ones that looked up and made eye contact with Pastor Mike. He came over to the house after that one-on-one class and he had the same glow, the same spirit, and the same beaming attitude that Aaron had. But the healing that God did with Aaron is what provides the hope, the faith, and the courage that, that we use to go on as a family. And I don't know what kind of man or what kind of person I'd be without it.
You know, here's a man that was, that's been changed forever by God's healing power. I mean, how do you explain how God healed his daughter when she was, you know, that young, just an infant, and then nine years after that healing is completed, had set in, in, motion, in, set in motion a chain of events that would change his life and the life of their entire family? You know, it all started with the prayer of an unbelieving man in a hospital chapel. And then, out of that healing, God has done all of this. My friends, that is healing evidence that God exists. But I also want you to consider Exhibit D. Exhibit D is Kate Marvin. Kate Marvin. And I have here a uh, framed Bible verse that they clung to. And I want you to listen to um, them as they tell their story about this. So let's roll that video. Good morning, guys. I'm Shane Marvin. This is my wife, Missy, my son, Grant, my daughter, Kate. I'm here this morning to share the story of how God is healing Kate, my daughter. She was born in October of 2008. When she was born, she was born with a condition called coanal atresia, basically the inability to breathe out of her nose. Instantly, she was placed on Life Flight and Life Flighted down to the medical center in Houston. So the day you have your child is supposed to be the best day of your life, and with my son it was, and I just assumed with my daughter it would be the same way, um, but all of that kind of got ripped apart from us the moment she was life lighted, and um, you know, my husband was getting bombarded with all this negative news, you know, she may not live till Friday, and um, it was the weekend, it was like Saturday or Sunday when we had her, and I thought, what? And um, you know, if she does live, she'll never talk, she'll never walk, she'll never see, um, you know, she'll never live a normal life. Uh, so at that point, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be for Kate. We didn't have any idea if she was going to survive that week. We didn't have any idea if she was going to survive to her first birthday. Um, I can remember there being some very tough nights. I finally got out of the hospital and was able to go visit her and she's hooked up to every possible cord machine thing and they say, oh mom, do you want to touch her? And I'm thinking, can I? I mean, is that even like possible to touch her with all that stuff going on? And so I did and um, it was just one of those moments of, you know, it's going to be okay, Kate. You know, the moment I touched her, I knew it's going to be okay. And um, that week she had surgery after surgery after surgery and um, Friday was Halloween. That was the day they were going to try to take her off the ventilator to see if she could breathe on her own and they didn't think she was going to be able to. And um, I just remember standing there thinking, is this going to be the end? I mean, is she not going to be able to breathe on her own and what's going to happen? And so they took it off and I just remember praying and praying and watching her and then just seeing her little body start to breathe and they were clapping and everybody was so excited and oh what a miracle she's breathing on her own we didn't think that was going to happen and so that was one of many miracles to come my mom found this verse and um, we stood by it while we were there and it's don't be afraid just believe and she will be healed and it's Luke 850 
And we stood by this verse and we kept it by her NICU crib. And um, it's obviously, this has been through a lot, all kinds of stains all over it, um, emergency procedures, etc. But it was so true. We believed in him and we stood behind our faith and we stayed strong and he healed her. She is a very healthy four-year-old little girl now. And um, we get her up early in the morning. She gets dressed every day. She gets on her little school bus. And uh, she can't talk yet. We're still overcoming that. But she does sign. And uh, that is a way of communication. She's just thriving. She's learning so much. And um, we just started signing with her in January. And she's learned over 100 signs. And this is supposed to be the little girl who was never supposed to even live to Friday, and now she's learning a hundred signs in about two months' time. She runs. She doesn't just walk. She runs, and she dances, and um, he's just constantly going to be healing her, and it's just going to be awesome to watch it throughout our life. To us, it's, it's just so evident in everything that Kate does. I mean, God's real does for sure, and if we're not evidence, I don't know what is. Oh, here's a little girl that should have died four years ago. But, you know, her parents and her whole family, they got together and they prayed and they asked God to heal her. I mean, how else do you explain this other than God? I mean, other little girls with charge syndrome, they don't live past Friday. But here she is, she's walking and she's running and she's dancing i mean she's back in our children's ministry today playing having a great time how else would you possibly explain that because that is as compelling evidence as it gets i mean that is healing evidence that god exists look No matter what, you have to understand that there is always a step of faith that you have to take in order to believe God. God says himself that in order to come in, you have come to him, you have to come by faith. There's always a step of faith because you cannot prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that God exists. That cannot be done. But even in a court of law, You don't have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. You just have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And we've done that in this series. Because remember, this series is meant to be taken as a whole. So, you know, think back to the things we've learned in this series about, you know, the resurrection evidence, the scientific evidence, the moral evidence, the personal evidence. And today, the healing evidence. Look, it's not just this humongous leap of faith that you have to take. The truth is, it's just a step of faith that you have to take to believe that God exists. So let me ask you, are you ready to do that? If you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, to forgive you and pledge your life to follow him, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. Are you willing to take that step of faith 
and pray that prayer and become a Christ follower yourself by asking him to first forgive you for everything you've ever done wrong and then second, follow him as best you can from this day forward. Are you ready to do that? Because if you are, in just a moment, Pat and the worship team are going to come back up and when, as soon as they start playing a song, this song, I want you to pray that prayer. Look, since this series began, 228 people have already indicated that they prayed that prayer for the first time in their life. That's unbelievable, right? So listen, if you haven't done that, then would you do what they've done and what hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people in this room have done at some point in time in their life? Would you pray that prayer for the first time? As soon as the song begins, I want you to begin to pray that prayer. Because look, God exists. You've heard the evidence. You've seen the evidence. Now, render a verdict of belief. And with that, I rest my case. So I want everybody, if you would, go ahead and pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. I want you to check the next step or steps you want to take today. And hopefully, if you've never done so, it's this first one. I want to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you are going to pray that prayer as soon as Pat and the worship team plays, I want you to check that box. I'm going to mail you some stuff in the mail that's going to help you get started. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a little table just before you walk outside to each of these doors. Snag one on your way out. Here's the next one. I'm already a Christ follower, but I've gotten away from God. Today, I'm recommitting my life to following him. Would you take that next step if that's you? Or this next one. I will download all the messages of this series and share them with someone I know that is not yet a Christ follower. You can download them on our church app. You can download them on iTunes and just put them on a CD or on your computer, whatever it takes. Would you make a commitment to do that? And then share them with someone. Next, send me a link to the videos of today's message so I can forward them to a friend. You check that box tomorrow, we'll send you a link to the videos, and then you can forward them on. I'm telling you, they're ridiculously compelling, aren't they? Or the last one. Sign me up for the next church membership class 101, Sunday afternoon, May 5th. That's next Sunday. Look, if if you've heard so much in this series, you're like, man, I want to be a part of this church and you want to be ready to take that step to become a member of, of this church. Check that box. And if you know that next Sunday afternoon is not going to work out for you, that's fine. Check it anyway. And we'll send you a list of the upcoming classes. And then you can just respond to us and say, yep, this is the date that works in my calendar. But if you're ready to join, check that box. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for all of these lives that you have changed because of the healings that you have done. And Lord, I pray for the people in this room that today, for the very first time in their life, they're willing to step out and take that step of faith to believe in you. And I ask that you would begin doing things in them so that they can know what it means to be a Christ follower and they can have this ongoing relationship with you. And literally for everybody else in this room, for the healings that you will do in the future and for the other testimonies of healings that you've done in the past that we didn't have time to share today, Lord, I say thank you. 
And I say thank you for providing such clear and compelling evidence that you have used across the centuries to bring literally hundreds of thousands of people to believing in you. I thank you that you are our healer and that you're real. Bring us all back safely next week and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.